Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit Riverside. Well, I think that's the end of the notices, right? Have all the children got their stuff? Right, we're going to just seamlessly move on to start uh, thinking about some of the things that we're celebrating as a church. I know we try and tell you things all the time, but it is good to just stop and and have a, a morning where we do really look at some of the things that we're celebrating. And we do want to celebrate compassion today. There's so much going on in the church, and if you just have a look at this, I'm not going to read everything out. Hopefully you can read it, but this is just some of the stuff that we could actually remember and that would fit on the slide, just all the stuff that we're involved in, that we um, are partnering with. And as you can see, there's just lots of stuff that goes on. It's, it's, a, it's a busy church with lots of stuff in the diary. And you can come and ask us about any of these things if you're not sure what any of them are. Hopefully you will have, if you're part of the church, you'll have a flavour because we do try and flag this stuff up regularly. But um, yeah, so just celebrating compassion... Um, We were thinking back to a vision service that we had in 2017, and one of the things that Simon and I said that we really felt is that we wanted to grow in compassion as a church, and we were going to pray and listen to the Lord as to what the felt needs were in the area, which we did as a a team. Um, And one of those things that we really felt was a lack was Grow Baby, or something like Grow Baby. We didn't exactly know it was going to be that, but there was a need to be a place that gave out and distributed children's clothes to under fives and um, equipment. And so we pursued that, and Kath and I went and investigated different things. And then in May last year, it launched. And it was um, just a small start. We didn't know how it was going to grow. And I don't know if any of you know, but, I mean, it is colossal now. We've got this huge garage called Phase 3 where we are storing tons and tons of stuff, which we obviously won't have that facility in the future, so that's got to be thought about when Phase 3 is developed. But at the moment, the community give to us, and they love giving to us, um, which is great. We've had to stop the clothes donations at the moment, the, the children's clothes, although people do still bring them, but we're trying to, to slow that down just because of capacity. Um, but it's not that we're not giving it out either. To start with, it was slow, and we were like, oh God, have we done the right thing? But we're like, no, we knew we had, and so we just kept pushing on. We, op- we used to only open for two hours, now we open all day on a Monday. And we have between 10 and 15 families every Monday. I am sure that if we opened every day, we would have the same amount every day. We are so well known now as a generous church. People love to come. We're getting uh, referrals from places Sittingbourne and Thanet and the social workers now who, who really regard us as, as a place to, to partner with. And so we've got someone coming um, tomorrow, actually, who's a social worker with a family from Thanet who've got five children and another one on the way in January with absolutely nothing. And they just sent an email. And we, we've made a policy that we will help anyone, whoever they are, and not just in our town. So... We are reaching far and wide at the moment. We have an amazing team of um, they're all ladies, actually, who help on a Monday. Um, give us a wave if you're a Grow Baby volunteer. Yeah, a high wave, not a small wave. Thank you. There's a great team. Thank you to all of you because you do make it happen. We've got, a, like I said before, a couple called Carol and Anne. They're not a couple. They're a couple of sisters um, who come and faithfully help every Monday. They don't come to our church, but uh, Carol was at the breakfast yesterday with her friend. And I think she's just being drawn in. And they're so faithful in sorting the clothes out. And they're really passionate about what we do. So Grow Baby is in a ministry that is just 
growing and growing. We can hardly contain it. That's a lovely problem to have. But do pray because we need wisdom to know, A, how we can store all the stuff. B, how are we going to open more? Um, and we are limited facilities at the moment when we haven't got phase three. So we need to, to pray the money in for phase three because there's so much that God wants to do. And we love to help people. It's the heart of God. And when we, when we do that, we are reflecting God's faithfulness and generosity. So I love the fact that people are now talking about us as that place, that church that is generous and will give away. And then people are still really shocked. They want to donate something or they can't quite cope with the fact that we're just saying, have what you need. And just the lovely contacts and conversations that we're having. So be blessed. If you're not part of it, that's great. But pray for us. Talk about it with anybody that you know who's got children who might be in need of a helping hand. We would love to help them. So again, thank you to the whole team that does Grow Baby. Um, We also want to celebrate, obviously, our ongoing support of Andy in prison. And again, thank you that, again, you've been such a generous church um, in supporting him and writing to him and sending him cards and visiting him, some of you. So thank you for that. And let's keep that up because that's such an important thing that we do. Um, And Pantry Project, I don't know if you know, but three times a year, um, Marion and the team give out... uh, large bags uh, of food to anybody either in the church or or people that we know who've been told about who are in need and that's just the basic that we do and obviously we want to expand that now and we're looking at how we can link in with schools and get in contact with families so that's just another thing that's expanding and what you've given today will be a great start for us to be able to do that so just want to encourage you really um we've also got the pay it forward scheme so compassion is growing it's just very exciting, you know, when, when Christians step up and be um, the people that are generous to their community, it speaks volumes to those. And so we want to keep doing it and find more and more ways to keep being generous so that we're overflowing with generosity into our community. So that's a massive thing. Well done, everybody, because I feel like we're on the way and we just want to keep celebrating it and doing it more um, so that, yeah, that's what we're known as. That's one of the, the things. Simon? Thank you. So that's our Pope Ford scheme, Kitty mentioned. Anyone can come into the cafe and uh, have a meal, regardless of, of their need. They can come in, they're vulnerable, they can have a meal, they can have some drink, and we can bless them. And the pantry project we mentioned as well there, which is, um, which is growing. So I, I want to encourage you that we are becoming this church that overflows generosity. This isn't just a theory, it's happening on the ground. And I really want to encourage you because you're making that happen. You're making our reputation in the area grow and grow as a church that is a generous church. We're also very um, well-known as a welcoming church. Um, anyone who comes to Riverside is really encouraged by what they find here. We had, uh, we had a big NHS CCC, CCG group, clinical commissioning group here on uh, this week, doing some cancer training. Um, Got to say, this guy down here doesn't look very, very interested, but um, <laughs> on the whole, we had about 130, 140 people in this room, uh, training, and they see this as a wonderful place to come. They see it as a great space. Uh, The staff serve them so well. Nothing is too much trouble. Uh, When they come, we help them. We overcome their problems. Invariably, they have IT issues. They have capacity issues. They have more people come than they said would come. We provide more tea and coffee than we should do, more biscuits than we should do, and basically, we fulfill every need we can to make their visit here as, as welcoming as possible. And that is, that is, for me, it's a key part of what we're supposed to be here at Riverside. 
Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had a chance to speak to a, a German couple who come here on a Sunday morning to our Sunday service. And by the time I got to them, they said, you're the seventh person who's welcomed me this morning. And they said, the other thing is, when we tell people we're visiting from Germany, they don't just walk off and ignore us. <laughs> and I thought, well done, church. You're doing, you're doing well. And uh, they were so blessed by the welcome and the hospitality they found. They were visiting the country. They were, they were touring around the, this part of Kent. And uh, they said, can you pray for us that we can take something back of the impartation that you have here? They were from a very small Lutheran church, tucked away in a, in a village somewhere in Germany. And they wanted to take the welcome back that they saw here. So I prayed for them that God would impart uh, to them that welcome. They would carry that welcome back into their space. So you guys did a fantastic job of welcoming people in the week and on a Sunday. So please keep it up. You're a very welcoming church. And uh, it's really important. It says this in, uh, in Scripture. It says this in Hebrews 13. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. I reckon that guy on that table was probably an angel that we saw there. Um, continue to remember those in prison. We, we just mentioned Andy as though yourself were with him, they're in prison and, and suffering with them. And we've got this commission to keep being a church that shows hospitality to anybody who comes, whether they come to Grow Baby, whether they come because they're part of a conference, whether they come because they're visiting on a Sunday. We've got this commission in Scripture to continue to show hospitality to anybody who comes, to, to, to anybody who connects with Riverside. Um, we've currently got a 4.8 out of 5 Google rating. Not that I put much sway to Google ratings, because one said the church would be better without, with different pastors, so I don't really, I ignored that one. <laughs> The thing about Google ratings, you get the good, you get the bad. You can't do anything about it. But we had one from, from this week. Uh, somebody who obviously was part of that group said, really impressed with the building and the staff. My personal favourite review is this. Much better than you could possibly imagine. Everything is amazing. <laughs> who was that, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> so people are coming and they're experiencing our warmth and our welcome. And that, and that is incredible because it says in Scripture, it says in, in Timothy, have a good reputation with outsiders. We don't, we don't talk about insiders and outsiders at Riverside, but it means that our reputation with the community is really important because it, 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 it undergirds our faith. We're not just people who speak about Christ or, or the love of Christ or the warmth of Christ. We demonstrate that, and that is so important to those who have little experience of what church is really like. It says in Luke 9, 11 that Jesus welcomed the crowds. He told them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed healing. And isn't that a wonderful mandate to have, to welcome the crowds, to tell them about the good news of Jesus, and to bring healing to those who need healing. And that is a wonderful mandate for us going forward as we think about our warmth and our welcome. We want to be a church that continues to welcome the crowds. We do a footfall log now, and we have between four and a half and 5,000 people through Riverside every month. So we welcome the crowds. <laughs> they continually come to us for different reasons. And we try and demonstrate the good news of the kingdom. We demonstrate it in word, and we demonstrate it in deed. Uh, I, I had two people in my office this week from different organisations talking about faith, talking about different things. We kind of have a chaplaincy thing going on here at Riverside, that anybody who comes gets a little bit of spiritual input as well as whatever else they need. So that's fantastic. We, we tell them about the kingdom, and we try and bring life and healing any way we can. 
where that's what about giving away generously through Grow Baby or a conversation in the cafe or praying with somebody who needs praying for. And so we want to keep welcoming the crowds. We want to keep telling them the good news about Jesus. And we want to keep bringing life and healing wherever we can. So I want to say well done to you guys because your reputation goes before you. Whenever Riverside's talked about in the area, it's talked about favourably. We're known as a great place of warmth and welcome. So well done. Give yourself a round of applause. I'm going to welcome Martin there, who's going to tell us a little bit about our progress on Phase 3. Now, Phase 3, well, Martin will explain to you where Phase 3 is. It's a funny name, isn't it? Why Phase 3, Martin? Okay, so Phase 3 comes after Phase 2 and Phase (laughs) 1. You are actually sat in Phase 2. Phase 2 was part of the building project. So Phase 1 was the offices, the other side of that wall there, where we sat now, and the cafe, and the toilets, and the lower lounge, and the rooms out the back there. We're now going to press down into phase three, which is beyond the doors at the end of the lower lounge. So if you can see uh, the diagram on the board there, uh, we're actually going to call it Grow Baby, we've decided, uh, <laughs> rather than phase three. I'm just joking. So here's some, uh, some graphics. Uh, we're, going to, we're planning to make the sports hall people just have a game of football in. We're going to make that larger, so it'll be a proper five-a-side um, and basketball and that sort of thing. Uh, we've, there's a compassion suite on the left-hand side, bottom left, which is really going to be the grow baby area, but I think it's going to already be larger than that, so we're not quite sure how we're going to make that larger. Uh, a little bit at the bottom there on the left is where we're going to welcome people into the grow baby zone, and then there's some storage and shelving stuff for all the grow baby goods. At the top left of your screen, there's another meeting room, which is probably about a third of the size of this room, so it's quite a sizable, might be even half the size, it's quite a sizable meeting room. Uh, there's some toilets, uh, showers, there's a kitchen area. The toilets and showers, by the way, is because we want to go compassion-wise into helping with a night shelter locally. So that's our plan there. And there's another room to the right, top right, which is probably just another meeting room. But above that, we want a dedicated youth space, so we're going to hopefully build a mezzanine, mezzanine area above that large room, which is going to be our, our dedicated youth zone because we felt when we moved here, we really were keen to have a youth space, and we weren't able to do it in this part of the building. But it's always been our hearts, and that's our plan. So, where are we actually in this phase? Uh, We've done all these, you can see we've done the graphics and the drawings. We've passed all this information on to our building consultancy team called Martello. Great bunch of guys and girls actually did our work in for this area here as well. And they have taken our designs and our, our ideas and have actually reproduced them into what actually is workable, which is very close currently to what we thought we could do. So we've now I've got a consultation meeting with them in a few days. In fact, ne- end of next week, we're going to have a meeting with them just to thrash out where we are with that. Um, they've got a, a structural engineer coming next week to have a look at the building to make sure actually we can do the mezzanine. And then they're going to put together the final drawings, which can then also give us a costing a rough costing what this was going to entail for us as an organisation. And then hopefully before Christmas, maybe just into the new year, we're going to be able to send out to the tender documents to companies to actually bid for the building of Phase 3 for us. Thank you. That's it. Have you mentioned the slide store briefly? Uh, no. No, OK. Boring. <laughs> okay. It's a store. We've done it. OK, okay. great. So before we go for grants and things, we have to get a, basically a real price. And the way you get a real price is you go out to tender, and local contractors will, will give you a price to do that piece of work. Once we have those quotes, 
we can then start to look at uh, grants uh, and fundraising. So that's where we are. Exciting? Yeah, yeah so we're, we're trying to clear phase three, so please don't put anything else in it, grow baby. Because um, as fast as we can clear it, more stuff appears in it. So um, we are trying to clear the space down in, in preparation. So we've completed a... There is a store you can't really see uh, on this diagram. It's tucked up here on the side that runs down the side of the building. We've completely refurbished that uh, in preparation for... Uh, trying to have some storage space while we continue to work on phase three. So please pray at this point that we will continue to journey this forward and God will continue to speak to us about it. And uh, it's really, really exciting. I also want to celebrate what's been happening in, uh, in Herne Bay. So let's, uh, let's skip over to Herne Bay. Um, who loves Herne Bay? <laughs> Half of you. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> A third. <laughs> you Woodspolites. You're so parochial. Anyway, uh, down in Herne Bay, we've had two kingdom expressions of life today. We've had a prayer meeting in the sailing club. We had a quiz here. Uh, you might have come to that to raise money for the sailing club as a way of saying thank you to them. We raised £700 to uh, help with their refurbishment of the club. And we also run a Lego club that we took over um, in the early part of the year. In fact, I want to welcome Sean. He's going to tell you what's been happening with that Lego club. Let's welcome Sean. <laughs> Yeah, we've been running Lego Club since about January this year, um, sort of taking it on from there. It's a fantastic um, opportunity to actually just engage with families and parents. Um, in essence, we run the club, a um, bit of free play, then we set a challenge. Um, I think personally, quite often, it's the parents that are more interested in the challenge than the children. But in any case, um, they are sitting still, and it's just a lovely warm atmosphere. We can sit alongside, just talk to the families um, while we're there. And by doing that, we've been put in contact with some different families. Um, the last session, um, we had um, one mum come along whose circumstances had changed. We were able to get alongside her about that, tell her about Grow Baby. She came to Grow Baby a couple of weeks ago um, and just happened that Christine and June part of Lego Club as well, happened to be here, so I sort of supported her there. Um, we've got another mum I'm in contact with at the moment, wants to come to Lego Club, suffers from anxiety, so we're just talking through with her via Facebook at the moment about encouraging and how we can support her to get this. So God's really sort of moving and sort of making things um, happen for us. Um, and he's also sending people in our direction. Um, last month we put it out on Facebook about coming to Lego Club to the local pages. Now in July on our registration page we had 15 people come onto the page to view to try and sign up. In September we had 214. And I found that out last week. So God's really pointing people in our direction. Obviously an area that we need to grow. And um, yeah, I'll pass over to Simon. Thank so you. how we might do that. <laughs> Thanks, another great problem to have. We are, we've been praying and thinking about, well, what does it look like to have kingdom expression uh, in Herne Bay? And um, two weeks ago, we had a, a, a termly prayer meeting in the sailing club. We had a sense, the Lord said, that this particular phase had come to completion. We had a real sense of sort of well done, good and faithful servant with that particular prayer meeting in that particular place. And um, it sort of coincided with the sense that Sean and Jackie had had. They'd gone to wildfires this year, and the Lord had told them to leave the upper room. There's a sense, again, of something else developing 
uh, off the back of that beachhead of prayer that would be begun in Herm Bay. And we felt that God was inviting us to sort of step up into the success of Lego Club and the contacts that we have in the life of the community. And so we've been praying about what might it be like to start a sort of a riverside hub in that part of the world. So, we've got a real sense that God is calling us to sort of the Hampton Green Hill area. This seems to be the, the sort of the place where God's putting his finger on. Um, and we'd love to think about what might it be like to have a growing expression of Riverside in that particular area. So these are some of the thoughts we've had so far. So maybe doing something once a month, we call it sort of a Hub Sunday. So while we were here, there'd be a group of us down in Herne Bay doing something to help connect with the local community down there, probably in a school, not a service, not trying to recreate a worship service like this, but probably maybe using Lego Club, maybe using a games club, food, different things we can do to attract the unchurched. And so we really want you to pray with us into this because we really feel the Lord saying this is something we should do. It's part of our coastland vision that we expand our reach along these coastlands. And by doing hubs, we can do that. We can actually expand our reach into different communities. We can also shape what we're doing to reach people who don't currently connect uh, with church here at Riverside. And so this is an exciting development for us. We haven't yet found... The, the uh, location, we're praying into that. But we do feel God saying, step into the next stage. And so, you might live in Whitstable, but we'd ask you to have a growing love for Herne Bay. <laughs> because God has given us a coastland vision. Uh, we feel our patch runs from Faversham right down now, probably to Broadstairs, our referrals we're getting, for, to Grow Baby, right along this coastland. And we want to have kingdom expressions all the way along these coasts. And we think Herne Bay is the first place that God is calling us to uh, have that expression. So imagine a Sunday morning once a month and we cut live to Facebook and they're down in Herne Bay and we bless them and they bless us and we do church in two different locations. Would that be exciting? Yeah. Great, because you have to help. Because <laughs> we might ask you to be in part, part of different, different ways. So we're at the at very embryonic stages here, but we feel God has said, well done in, a, in that, beach hood, uh, that beachhead of prayer. Now let's move into the next stage. And clearly... Things like Lego Club give us a massive in in terms of reaching the community and uh, doing something that really touches the needs of the community. We're also thinking about doing a Lego Club in Whitstable as well. So that's, that's something that's, again, very embryonic here, uh, doing a similar thing here to really connect with the community. So please pray for us about this hub development, about how it looks, about where it should be. We feel God is leading us very clearly, and so we're taking each step at a time, listening carefully to him, in terms of the seasons and the times and where things should be. So that's an exciting development around Herne Bay. Okay, let's pause now. Let me invite the youth band up and then lead us in some songs. Let's welcome these guys. These guys amazing? They are amazing. And two drummers at the same time, that is next level. That's put the adults to shame. Well done, guys. Great job. Great job. So, back in, uh, back in March, we shared this vision. We talked about how God was calling us to grow, and also God was calling us to reach the younger generation, reach the next generation. 
And we shared a picture I had of um, a dam breaking with young people pouring into church. And uh, rows and rows of of, uh, more mature of us forming like an honour guard and welcoming those younger people into church, into God's kingdom. And we shared this, this sense that God was calling us to reach the next generation, to reach the youth, to reach students, to reach young families, to reach a generation who know very little about God but are hungering for more than they're currently finding in society. And in July this year, we, uh, our new assistant pastor, Jacob, started. Let's welcome Jacob. He's going to share a little bit. We love Jake because he's got a passion for young people. It spills out of him. It's contagious. And uh, he's going to share a bit about that passion to reach young people and uh, his heart for youth and his vision for youth in the life of the church. Good morning, everybody. Um, my vision, that when, I, when I came here, my vision for young people was quite simply that the young people here at Riverside will be passionate followers of Jesus and that they will be setting an example in their homes, in their schools, uh, wherever example here at Riverside to the rest of us, that we will look at the young people and we will say, now that is the standard that, that we need to look to being, and we need to try to uh, match the standard of the young people in their passion, in their faith, in their love for one another. And as I was, um, as I was looking at, at my vision and praying and spending time with God about what he wants for the, the young people here at Riverside... He, God kept on putting in my, um, in my mind, he kept on bringing up 1 Timothy 4 verse 12, which says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example in speech, in conduct, in faith, in purity, and in love. And I just feel like that is going to be the overriding uh, part, part of scripture that we're going to keep looking back to uh, in, in youth, we're going to keep looking back to how, how actually, just because we're young, it doesn't mean that we can't be setting an example. And that the young people are going to be those people that, in those different ways, will be setting an example for the rest of the church. And, yeah, I, I'm really passionate that, that this, is, this is what I want to see. This is what I know that God wants, and, and this is what I think will be happening. Um, and it's how we get there. How, how do we get to a place where the young people are setting the standards, where the young people are really that passionate, really passionate followers of Jesus that the rest of us look at them and, and love what we see. And I, I think that, that there are a few ways, but one of, the, one of the ways is through relationships and the relationships that they build with one another and the relationships they build with the leaders. And I just really feel like God was saying that we need to break down any awkwardness of talking about God. Young people find it so often just a little bit awkward to talk about God together, just a little bit awkward to, to open scripture together, to pray together, and, and yeah, to be open about these things. And I really want to see that just be completely broken down, where the young people feel like they can open scripture together when it's just them, that they can talk about God together, they can talk about their faith together, they can, they can champion each other in their faith. And that's something that I really am passionate about seeing, that... I'm passionate about seeing them so passionate they can't help but tell each other about it. And the awkwardness is completely broken down. And I think that can be built by the relationships that they build with one another throughout different, uh, 
time spending together uh, at youth in midweeks and on Sundays, but also the relationships that they build with their leaders. And something that I really felt God put on my heart is that the leaders should be constants in the young people's lives. They should be people that are looked up to as role models, but also people that they feel safe with, people that they feel comfortable with, and people that they feel they can share their highs with and share their lows with. So I really wanted to see a core team of, of youth leaders come in, uh, volunteer, that really the one thing that, that I want to see is passion for the young people. That people that come to uh, help in youth, people that come to serve in that way, are just passionate about getting to know them, walking alongside them, and championing them in their faith. So as I've been looking at um, looking and talking with the different leaders that we have at the moment in 316, I've been saying actually what, what, I, want, what I feel like God wants for, for us as leaders is that we will do that. We will walk alongside the young people and that we will be constants in their life. Um, and the other way that I, I feel like God um, has really put, put on my heart for how we can be uh, people that are passionate about God as, as the young people in the church is through teaching these biblical foundations, but not just talking about it, but doing it, living it together. And one of the things, the ways that I, I believe that we can do that is by practicing our uh, gifts of the Spirit, by practicing, um, by practicing praying for one another, by practicing... Um, prophesying over one another, for healing each other. When, when someone comes in with an injury or someone's ill, I don't want anyone to come into youth ill or injured and not have prayer. I don't want anyone to walk through the doors and, and be in our youth community and not have people lay hands and say, oh, you've got, you've got a bad leg. We're going to pray for it until it's healed. And that's something I'm really passionate about, that as youth, we get together and we say, we promise each other, if anyone comes in, with any, with any illness, any uh, injury, that we will do that. We will pray together. We will practice this. We won't just talk about it, but we will do it. And that's one of the ways I really believe that we will be setting an example for the rest of the church because, you know, young people don't have preconceptions of things like that. They don't have anything that's going to block them from it being just natural to pray for one another for healing, just natural to prophesy over each other. And there's going to be nothing stopping that. So if, if we can teach that now and we can, we can do that together, we can lean into what God wants and lean into uh, the gifts of the Spirit together and we can get that, um, get that just to be normal, get that not to be a weird thing, not to be some odd, oh, we're going to pray for you now and it's all a bit weird and awkward, but actually just normal, then we can set that example for the rest of us that we all go, well, if they can do it, why don't we do it? Why don't we do it more? Why can't we be more natural in it? So I really believe that that, that is something that um, God's going to really bless in that. So practically, um, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be having uh, Sundays as we are um, at the moment where the young people go out um, and we, we spend time together in scripture. We spend time together having fun. We spend time together doing these things. And then we're also going to have two groups, one group on a Tuesday called Encounter, uh, which will be 
ages, no, years seven to year 10. And in Counter, it will be um, a mixture between, you know, different socials, having fun together, but, but also doing these things, opening scripture together, talking about God together. And so that's Encounter uh, years 7 to 10. And then Focus, which is years 10 to 13, which will be more of like a chilled out small group where we just get together and we open scripture together, we eat together, uh, we enjoy each other's company. Um, so, so that's kind of how it's going to look. And, and in these early stages of, of launching this, this vision... I feel like a lot of it is going to be leaning into God still and saying, what do you want this to look like? How do you want this to, to play out? But one thing that we do need is we, we need people to uh, get alongside this vision and to um, volunteer to, to yeah, champion these young people, like I was saying, to be, to be in their lives, be a constant in their lives. Um, and especially the uh, focus, years 10 to 13, at the moment, I haven't um, got anyone to, to lead that with me. So if, if there's anyone that, that hears this vision and they're like, do you know what? I really feel like uh, God's calling me into this. God's calling me to get alongside the young people, to do life with these young people. Then do come speak to me. Also for the encounter age, if this vision of, young, of, of what we want with the young people um, just stirs something in your heart and... and you think, actually, I'd really like to be a part of that, then, yeah, come speak to me, and, and we will look at that. Thank you, Jack. Let's give Jack a round of applause. <laughs> yeah, so if, you, if God's stirring you or speaking to you, then please grab Jake afterwards and connect with him. He's got a real passion that I think is contagious and infectious, and I think God's going to do some great things with our young people, but we need to get alongside and support his vision for that. Vision. As I was praying about today, I was really drawn to this verse that's in Hebrews 12. It's a a verse you're very familiar with. It says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. If you'd indulge me, I'd like to put forward my own paraphrase of this particular verse, and it goes like this. Let us run with cheerful endurance the contest that God has set before us, always looking to Jesus, our captain and completer, our source of constant salvation on whom we utterly rely. Why why this verse? Why the paraphrase? Well, I think sometimes when we read verses over and over again, they lose some of their weight, they lose some of their impact, they lose some of their gravitas and their truth. And I think God is calling us to cheerfully take on with endurance, the race that he has set before us. He has put certain things before us that only we can achieve, only we can do. If we don't do them, then they won't get done. Someone else isn't going to step in and do those things for us. God has given us a lane and a race, endurance. I love the, the putting those two words together, cheerful and endurance, because sometimes endurance isn't always cheerful, is it? Because we have to dig in, and we have to work hard, and that can be tough, and we can lose our joy. But Hebrews encourages us to do that race. See, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. We're called to be long-distance runners for the kingdom, and we're called to dig in and run cheerfully with smiles on our faces and with endurance, because we want to contend. We want to contend for the transformation of these coastlands. 
we're starting to see little inroads, little breakthroughs, little, little inroads into our communities through things like Grow Baby and Lego Club, little ways that we're infiltrating and affecting and transforming the community. But it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. God is in the process and the business of bringing renewal to all things. That's what the Bible says. All things are being reconciled to him. And we're in the business of beginning this race and running this race together. And it's a race we're all called to run. We're called to run it individually, and we're called to run it together. There aren't any spectators in this race. We're all down the track together. We've all got our running shoes on. We're all called to run together. And this verse encourages us to look to Jesus always. Because we can lose Jesus in the crowd. We can lose Jesus in the midst of church. We can lose Jesus in the midst of what's happening in society. But the Bible encourages us to look for Jesus in the crowd. Imagine you're, you know, your first sports day and you're running your first sports day. And where do your eyes go to? They search the crowd, don't they, for your mum or your dad or someone who's come to support you. And you find them and you fix your eyes on them and they encourage you and they support you. And that's what this verse encourages us to do. Find Jesus' face in the crowd. Because there's a big crowd out there now. There's lots of stuff happening in our lives that crowds in and obscures the person of Jesus. But he is our captain. That's why I wanted to reinterpret this verse. The, the, the word in the Greek means he's our captain. He's our prince. He's our champion. That's the person of Jesus in our lives. He's the person we look to and we rally to and we run to. He's the person who determines our course and our action. And there is no one superior to him. There's no one, no one is ever going to surpass him. No one's going to come that's going to take his place. He is that person that we always look to. And we don't look to our experience, we don't look to our tradition, we don't look to our past, we don't look to our own gifts or strengths. We look to the person of Jesus Christ. We fix our eyes on him because he is cheering us on. He is cheering us on to complete the task set before us. He's our completer. He completes you and me. When we really push into the person of Jesus, we find ourselves completed in him. You are not complete without Jesus in your life. You are just a, a, a portion of who you're supposed to be. But as we receive more and more of God by his spirit, he completes us. He brings us to the person that we're supposed to be in God. And he is the constant source of salvation to us. Every single day, he is saving you and me again and again. Theologically, I know you're struggling with that one, but he's bringing salvation to you. He's bringing his salvation to you. He's bringing to a point of recognition of your utter need of him. And we find our salvation in him again and again. And so we don't look to our religious practices. We don't look to our behaviours. We don't look to the things we've achieved. Even though it's great to celebrate today, we run the race looking to the person of Jesus Christ. He's the only one that makes us whole. He's the only one that heals us. He's the only one that gives sense to our life and our existence. And he's the only one that will take us into the presence of the Father. And so as it says in Proverbs 3, we trust in the Lord with all our hearts. We don't lean on our own understanding. We submit everything to him and we trust him to lead us. And we trust him to make our paths straight. And as we've preached over the past few weeks that God is increasingly calling us to be the spirit-led people, the spirit-in-tune people. 
We're, we're supposed to go around with our antenna high, listening for the voice of God in the everyday, responding to the voice of God in the everyday. We've got so much to celebrate, and we've got so much to look forward to. But it is a contest that is set before us. It is a race that we're called to run with cheerful endurance. And God is calling you and me to go into training for it. To go into training for it. It says uh, this in 1 Corinthians 9. The Apostle Paul says these words. I'm going to read them from the message. Even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose-living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. But I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant in my attempt to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. You've all been to stadiums and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. All athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after the one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it, and then missing out myself. Powerful words from the Apostle Paul. You're free. You're free in Christ. And you can choose how you use that freedom. You can choose how you use your time your energy, your resources. That is the choice you have. God is calling us to reach all of the people in these coastlands. All of the people with different experiences, different backgrounds, different lives. And we're called to run and meet those people where they are. To go to those people and show them Christ. And that's the race that God has put before us. That's the contest we're called to run. So can we contend for our communities with cheerful endurance? Can we go into training for the people in our neighbourhoods? Can we look to Jesus to be inspired? Let's stand and pray. The band want to make your way up just ready for our last song. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We have so much to thank you for. And we give you all the glory today. We give you all the glory for all that you're doing in us and through us here at Riverside. But Lord, we know we're just at the start of the race. You've called us to contend for these coastlands, to bring life and transformation. And Lord, we see the scale of the problem. We see the scale of the issue, God. But we know that you are in the crowd and you're cheering us on. And we choose to fix our eyes upon you again today. And God, would you multiply everything that we put in your hands. Let your kingdom power explode through us, God, 
to touch the towns around us, God, to touch the communities around us, to bring life and healing and transformation. You are our captain, and we look to you again today for our lead and for you to inspire us and secure us, God. So, Lord, we offer our lives again to you today. And say, Lord, would you come and have your way? By your grace, help us to partner with you to bring in your kingdom. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.